As I mentioned, it's our time of Mile High Magazine to talk with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health and formerly with the CDC. He joins us every week with a quick rundown on what's happening here in the state of Colorado and COVID-19. Dr. John, how are you? Doing fine. Uh, uh, hanging in there, uh, working hard to clarify much of the confusion around vaccines, which I assume we're going to talk about today. Oh, but yeah. What do you well. mean? Yeah, what confusion? What are you talking about? <laughs> Gee, are you kidding yeah, me? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to laugh because I know it's very frustrating for lots of people. Well, it is. Uh, before we jump to that, uh, we always like to start the broadcast with what's currently happening in Colorado, and it looks like maybe the outbreaks and our positivity rate is declining. You know, we, we have continued this downward trend that really started right around Thanksgiving. And after Thanksgiving, we had a little bit of an uptick, and then we kept going down, and then we thought it was going to get bad over Christmas and New Year's. And we, in fact, did have a small uptick in early January, but it's just kept continuing to go down. Um, I, I think all of us are kind of holding our breath, anxiously watching to be sure we're not going to get another wave. But at least uh, through this point in time, uh, the news in terms of number of cases going down, hospitalizations going down, number of deaths going down, continues to be very positive. Well, we'd like to hear that, and it looks like maybe that holiday outbreak we thought might be a real mess never really happened. It didn't happen, and we're we're you know asking ourselves every day why didn't it happen? I think I think there are a couple of reasons. I think first of all, thanks to the smart people who live in our counties in Colorado, I think people were taking some of the uh, advice about how to keep themselves and their communities safe seriously in terms of gatherings and mask wearing and social distancing and hand washing, et cetera. Secondly, I'd have to say that, there, there's, as everybody knows, the community is not wide open yet. There are still many restrictions in place, and I think those restrictions, which have been painful and unpopular, probably played an important role in keeping cases under control. And then thirdly, I would say that at least in some places, there may be enough folks already infected that it's at least temporarily kind of blocking transmission networks. Um, that's that's a conjecture. We don't have any proof of that. But things have gone down so fast that, to my way of thinking, that's got to be at least part of the explanation. Whatever it is, we want to keep up the good work at least of our personal precautions because uh, it's very, very important and likely to continue to benefit us. Well, how, how do we compare to the rest of the states in our country? I, I would think pretty good. You know, we're, we're really doing uh, surprisingly well. Well, maybe not surprising, but gratifyingly well. Let's put it that way. Early December, we were like number 12th or 13th from the top. That That's bad. You don't want yeah. to be at the top. No. Um, but at this point, we're about 12th or 13th from the bottom. Um, again, we'd like to <laughs> we'd like to be at the bottom. But it, it looks quite good. And so relative to many parts of the country, we have been spared uh, places that actually did get post-holiday surges. I'd say, thankfully, the national, you know, just extreme uh, situation that we were experiencing up until about 10 days ago has begun to turn. We're still, however, going to see plenty of deaths. We're seeing nationally three to 4,000 a day. Dr. Fauci and, Dr. and President Biden tell us we are, you know, likely to get to the next milestone of 500,000 within the next uh, several weeks or so. And Dr. Fauci reminds us that, look, the vaccines that we all want to get in our arms, or at least most of us do, 
um, are really important, but at the pace of the manufacture of those vaccines, the most important thing that's going to keep the epidemic under control in the next three to four months is the same stuff we've been doing. It's mask wearing, it's social distancing, it's hand washing. We, we, the vaccine's not going to, that light at the end of the tunnel is not going to be sufficiently bright to really get us out of this situation, probably till the end of the summer. Yeah, I, I would agree. We still need to be careful. Uh, now, I wanted to ask, uh, we're talking with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health. Has the shots that have been given, uh, is that playing into the fact that our numbers are dropping? You know, at this point, I think it's probably too early to see that. And I say that because, first of all, while, while we're seeing more and more people get vaccinated, uh, most people have not yet been able to receive their second dose. Our healthcare workers have, but in most other places, we're still between the first dose and the second dose. So I think with each passing week, it'll probably play a bigger role. Um, but at this point, it probably is only a very small part of the equation. Okay, that makes uh, sense to me. Uh, what about hotspots? How are the schools doing now that they're back in session as they were before the holidays, after the holidays? Are we doing all right there? Well, we are seeing some outbreaks in schools, not surprising. Although I'd say that overall, I just looked at some data this morning from uh, Cherry Creek, for example, and, and they've been very carefully monitoring what they are able to measure is inside the school transmission. Um, and those numbers remain uh, gratifyingly low, which uh, I think is quite reassuring. Um, the CDC put out a report two days ago I would uh, draw attention to that said, you know what, after we've been looking at schools for like nine months, both experience in the U.S. as well as other parts of the world, it turns out schools are pretty safe places. If, if the schools can carry out sort of an, um, a matrix of protective measures, the kids were, and the kids and teachers wearing masks, uh, social distancing, keeping the desks spread apart, uh, having some kids in school and some in remote learning at the same time. That that all we we thought began to be true in early fall. So it's great to see the CDC actually say that. Yeah, that is good news. There is one one cautionary note though, and that is that uh, athletics that involve close contact where you can't wear a mask do appear to be situations of transmission events. Uh, there was a report two days ago of a big event at a wrestling tournament in Florida, and wrestling is a little bit like eating in a restaurant. You just can't really eat in a restaurant and wear a mask. And it's really tough in a wrestling match because masks are frankly dangerous because they, you know, you can get knocked in the wrong place. They can blind you. They can even, you know, block your breathing if you're not careful. And so it's, uh, this outbreak in Florida has given us a lot of concern about whether the same kind of thing could happen here. So I'd say for the, the, the getting our kids back to school, so far, so good. Um, we really hope that continues. Well, it does. But they are playing some sports like basketball. They're playing basketball, both at the college level and high school level. So they must think that's okay. Well, uh, you know, Murph, this is a, this is a push-pull. There's a lot of uh, – we, we Americans love our sports, whether we love our professional sports or we love our kids playing sports. Right. Yeah. And – you know, uh, this, this is risk balancing. Let's be clear. None of this stuff is risk-free. I mean, look at what's happened with the NBA where you've got, you know, players that are out because they've tested positive. Um, we, we just want to be sure that people are aware of the risks, that we reduce them as much as possible. 
Um, but there, when you are in a setting where you're not wearing a mask and you're breathing hard, meaning if you have an infection, you're pumping out more virus, uh, and you're in close contact with other people, it's tough not to transmit infection. Well, you're right about that, and you are the in-the-house doctor here. So let's talk about the shot situation. There still seems to be a lot of confusion. I know, uh, uh, what is that, UC Health has got a big event uh, coming up this weekend over at Coors Field, which sounds pretty spectacular. Yeah, we're really happy about that. Um, they did a pilot last weekend where they uh, ran about a 1,000 people through there. I, I will note and underline this, you have to have an appointment. It's not a walk up and get a shot. And the way you make an appointment is you go on the UC website. And whether you're a patient at UC already or not, doesn't matter. You can still register, but you got to register. And then there's a lottery, really, Murph. Yeah. Way more people signed up than they have slots for. And, you know, you can still sign up. They're going to run that lottery and let people know when they have the appointments. But most people who sign up will probably not be given an appointment just because there are way too many. But we're, we're, we're happy they did about 1,000 people pretty readily. Actually, my wife was a volunteer down there. She was quite impressed at how smoothly it ran. Um, we, we are paying attention, however. We know that not everybody can get go, you know, drive down to Coors Field. Not everybody has a car. Not everybody can drive on their own. Not everybody has access to the Internet, as we've talked about on this show, to sign up for those things. And and so we're working hard to figure out how we help folks that don't have those amenities to get equal access to getting vaccinated. Boy, it is. And, and once again, for those that don't know, because I guess there's still some confusion about what is the current criteria for getting the shot, the age and your job, and that all plays in. It really does. And, and I'd say the one that's probably of greatest interest to the general community is, is, as you just said, the age criteria. And right now we're trying to reach all everybody who's 70 and above, no matter where you live. There's been a special program to try to go into assisted living and long-term care facilities. Um, those folks obviously can't get down to Coors Field, and that's going along pretty well. The other groups that we're really still trying to finish up are first responders um, and health care providers. So those are the three big buckets right now that we're uh, trying to vaccinate. But from a community's perspective, it's at 70 and above, who, by the way, of course, have the greatest risk of getting sick and having really serious outcomes um, that we're uh, most focused on. Well, that's a good thing. And it sounds like the COVID, the vaccine itself, is really working well. There's not a lot of side effects. I have friends who have had the first round of shots, and they've, they said it went very well. Yeah, you know, we're still seeing reports of allergic reactions, and people who've had serious allergic reactions before uh, really need to get the uh, vaccine in a, in a supervised medical setting. Um, uh, Coors Field does have observers, and they've got paramedics out there, so you can get a shot in that sort of circumstance. But you're right, the, uh, the side effects have so far been uh, gratifyingly low. Plenty of sore arms, but that's your immune system showing that it's doing the right thing. So um, I think all of that looks uh, quite good at this point in time. Well, that's great to hear. Now, I'm just curious, too, Dr. John Douglas, uh, we talk about, well, Tri-County Health, which you're involved with in this area around here. What about the rural folks that are out in rural Colorado, and there's lots of them? How are they handling the shot situation? You know, it, it, it's quite interesting. The um, proportion of the population that's been vaccinated in rural areas is actually in some ways higher than it is in the urban areas. 
These vaccines are kind of challenging to transport, but our colleagues in the rural area have done a great job in, in managing that. And the original allocation formula provided it to counties on a population per capita basis. Um, and that's important because we used more of our vaccine in the metro area for healthcare providers because they were on the list, and we have a higher proportion of healthcare providers. Right. And so we've had less opportunity to get the vaccine to people that are not in that category because we honestly didn't get, when those, when those allocations were originally made, it didn't take into account that difference. So I think the rural areas, again, it, you have to travel a long distance in some of these places to get a vaccine. I don't want to minimize that. But I think our colleagues uh, in health centers and public health have done a great job in those areas. All of us, by the way, let me just emphasize, however, desperately need more vaccine. We desperately need more vaccine. Um, Not everybody in Colorado wants to get it, but those who want to get it want to get it tomorrow or today. And that's that's been as much as anything the big frustration. We've been advertising it. The governor's even hinted that we might go down to age 65. We're not there yet. That we might get into some of our essential workers, like school teachers. We're not there yet. Um, and and when he says those encouraging words, many of us hear it like it's there, it's ready. Why can't I get it? And I think that's been part of the problem. The Biden administration seems to be uh, working. Uh, uh, tremendously hard to get more vaccine out. We're hearing that we're going to get more vaccine next week. And we've got a third vaccine that is rumored to be getting to the FDA sometime in the next couple of weeks to see what they think about it. Early data from this Johnson & Johnson, which will right. be a single-dose vaccine, looks really promising. So I hope the FDA agrees with that. Well, you can imagine how popular that will be. A single-dose vaccine? People are going to go crazy. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. It really would be fantastic. Well, we're doing the best we can. We know you're doing the best you can. Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC on the inside of what's happening here in the state of Colorado with vaccine and the COVID-19. And and quickly, one little uh, note here, uh, Dr. John. Nursing homes are doing better. Are they getting their shots and everything? Yeah, they are getting them. They're not all finished yet, but the vast majority have had first doses scheduled. Now, I will note that, you know, nursing homes are not a fixed population. New people come in you know, on a weekly basis. And if, if we've if we've already had the pharmacy, Walgreens and CVS are leading the charge on this first outreach visit, and then somebody comes in a week later, we're going to have to figure out how to get those people caught up. The other thing I would say is that we, we are aware that some of our uh, community members, including healthcare workers, are a little hesitant about getting the vaccine. Really? They don't want to necessarily be first in line. And that's actually we've seen playing out even in our staff of our long-term care facilities. So we're trying to get as much confidence around the vaccine. And frankly, the more people who get it who said, you know what, that wasn't too bad. Guys, yeah. that, was, that was less than a flu shot. I think that will help give uh, all of us more confidence that this is really something we can use to protect ourselves. Okay, Dr. John Douglas, onward and upward, my friend. And we'll talk to you again next week. We appreciate your time here on No Copay Radio. Great to be with you, Murph. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. You take care of yourself. Thank you, Dr. John Douglas. Appreciate you joining us on Mile High Magazine. And we appreciate you joining us every weekend here on Mile High Magazine. I'm Murphy Houston. We'll talk to you next week.